This is episode two of the Leap of Faith podcast, and today I'm being joined with a very special guest, someone who's very important to me, very important in my life, and I feel like the way he thinks and the way he does things is completely counterintuitive to culture, but I just feel like he's always taking leaps of faith, and I admire a lot about him and what he's doing, and it's definitely like the biggest blessing in my life. And that's my big brother, uh, Nathaniel Mumau. So I guess we'll just start. Nathaniel, you want to introduce yourself or uh, say what you're doing, kind of, like your major or something in college? Hi, I'm Nathaniel Mumau. I'm Ben's big brother. You guys can't see it, but he was gripping on my arm pretty tight a second ago when he was introducing me, even though it's a podcast. So there really shouldn't be any need for physical contact. But I'm uh, about a week away from graduating from college here at Liberty University with a major in pastoral leadership about to be married to my beautiful fiance adriana and probably whenever this podcast is released it'll be past all that stuff and i'll be graduated and married and moved and hopefully have a job but right now it's all kind of uh we're in that waiting period right before all that stuff is going to happen so still still a little bit more to go before we move on to the next chapter so here's the thing he is only one year older than me and i don't know if you caught that he's getting married He's graduating. He's going to be moving to a different state. We're from New Jersey. He's moving to Michigan. And he's only a year older than me. I kind of want to understand how the frick he's doing all this. Just being so young. And honestly, just full of ambition is what it seems like. Also, also I just want to ask. So, here's one question. When, when did Jesus become Lord for you? Like, in your life? I guess, I don't know, that, that might be a loaded question. But, like... When did you start realizing that Jesus is kind of embodies the characteristics of the God that we worship? Yeah, so for me personally, I don't think it's a loaded question, actually. I think it's a really good question. And it's a very important question that every person should answer, especially if they claim to be a Christian. When I was going to be a freshman in high school, so it was the summer right before that year, I went to my youth group summer camp. And it was at that summer camp that I had a really great encounter with a stranger. It was just a random guy that was sitting on the dock of our summer camp. It's the final night of the camp, and usually I would have never talked to a stranger, but I just felt something inside me pull me away to talk to this guy. I'm pretty sure it was the Holy Spirit. And we talked and had a great conversation about his faith and what he was struggling with, and we prayed together and cried together. It was such an incredible time, and it was something I'd never experienced before. I was still pretty young, pretty antisocial, pretty self-absorbed. But in that moment, I recognized, hey, this is what living your life on mission for Christ looks like. Every day of your life could be this way if you surrender your life to Christ. And so I would say that was that would be the day that Jesus became Lord to me. And it wasn't an overnight sensational change in my life for sure. It took many, many years, and I'm still growing. But that was the day that I made the conscious decision to give my life to Christ. Dude, I remember that. And one more thing that I kind of recognize about, uh, one night we were just playing racquetball and you're going like insane, just swinging the racket around, playing, going wild, just sweating, sweating your arse off, just playing, playing hardcore. And I was like, dude, this is like a Tuesday night playing racquetball with the boys and you're going crazy. And then it kind of got me thinking like, I feel like in every part of your life, you've come to play. Like, I think you recognize the life that God gave you and you kind of take advantage of every situation 
to its fullest potential, if that makes sense. Even racquetball on a Tuesday night with the boys. And you're out here, like, breaking the sweat, flinging your body all around. And uh, I don't know, just even in, like, elementary school, you'd be up all night working on projects and just putting your best foot forward. And I just, honestly, I just want to know, like, where that comes from, that mentality to really just bring your best foot forward in every situation, like, every aspect of your life. Even even with Adriana, on your first date, you made a PowerPoint slide, and I don't think anyone has ever even thought of doing that for a first date. That's putting, like, so much of yourself out there on the line for rejection. That's just a complete denial of rejection to just put so much of yourself out there or fear of rejection. So if you'd like to explain, like, why you're just... I don't know. Like so you're not you're not apathetic. Like how how you've counteracted apathy in kind of every aspect of your life if you could explain. I would say that for me personally I'm very type A and the A stands for anti apathy. No, just kidding. But in all seriousness, I honestly do not think that my life and the way I lead it should necessarily be replicated universally. I don't think that everyone would get as much satisfaction out of my life as I have gotten by simply trying to go their hardest and everything. And when it comes to things, small things like racquetball or just things that aren't of great consequence, I just think honestly for me it's fun to put as much effort as I can into those things. Um, and it's sort of out of a competitive spirit maybe. but. Also, like if I have to organize a party or an event or something like that, that's really not that big a deal. But I still enjoy trying my best in those things because honestly, it's a challenge. And I feel like I grow in those challenges, even if it's just running around on a Tuesday night or if it's planning something or doing a little project just for myself, that sort of thing. However, when it comes to the things that do matter, like my relationship with Adriana, certainly it's by the grace of God that I'm able to operate in that relationship in a way that brings glory to him and does not put all the pressure on me to be perfect all the time. I actually think it'd be super toxic if I was a tryhard in everything, but it was by my own power. Because I'd be consumed with pride, and honestly, I'd probably be so insufferable that I doubt Adriana would have come back to me for a second or third date. Now, the reason that I can be such a tryhard in a way that doesn't result in pride is because I recognize, like, hey, nothing good in my life came from my own efforts. It came from God working through me my circumstances, and then empowering my efforts. So if I were to say, like, I'm just going to try hard for the sake of trying hard, I'm just going to have the biggest head ever. But if I say, hey, I'm going to try hard to bring glory to God, well, then even when I am going as hard as I can, it's still pointing back to him instead of me. So we've talked about how Jesus has become Lord or when Jesus became Lord to you how you've built up habits counterintuitive to apathy, which I think has been something incredible in your life. Now, I just want to ask, how do you think those two things or anything else in your life is going to allow you to take more leaps of faith in your life or where you think your next leap of faith is going to happen? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So one of the biggest leaps of faith I ever took outside of putting my trust in Christ, because of course that takes a lot of faith. You're completely denying the way of life, you know, which is totally sinful and self-absorbed to do something selfless for God's glory. Outside of that leap of faith, the biggest one I ever took was 
entering a relationship with Adriana, even just asking her to be my girlfriend originally, that was a huge deal for me because uh, Ben and I come from a household that's broken and whose marriage fell apart in front of our eyes. And so there was a big stress on me, especially related to my past activities and previous relationships that I'm not too proud of. That led me to feel anxious and scared even about the idea of entering into a relationship. Thankfully, God transformed my heart and Adriana is the woman of my dreams. So when it came time to say, hey, am I really serious about this girl? Am I willing to ask her out and to pursue her and hopefully marry her? I was able to honestly talk to God and say, God, if this is what you have for me, then I'm willing to take that leap of faith and step forward and trust that you will be able to bridge the gaps where I cannot, and you'll be able to cover the weaknesses that I cannot otherwise cover. And that's exactly what he's done. So now currently as I stand ready to graduate, ready to get married, ready to move to a town where I don't have a job yet, hopefully that changes by the time this comes out. But in any case, so many things that are unknown, so many big life changes happening at once, and yet I'm excited about it because I trust that God, once again, will bridge those gaps, cover my weaknesses, and honestly, I trust him to take the circumstances that, you know, in a secular sense are not that great. I mean, getting married is amazing, but I don't have a job. I don't have any friends where we're moving. I don't know what to expect, really, about the first year of marriage, anything like that. And even going beyond into the next five, ten years, family, um, career, etc., all that stuff. I don't know what's happening. And it's not like I'm setting up these incredible dominoes to fall that will guarantee my ultimate success in life. But still, I'm excited about my circumstances, no matter how meager they are. Because I know that God is a loving, gracious, and faithful God. And he desires to bring those that desire him closer to him. And in that closeness is the best experiences that we could possibly have. And so that's why the subsequent leaps of faith are not as scary and not as drastic. Because it's just a natural outpouring of your love for God and his love for you. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about, um, I guess, the anxiety before asking Adriana out because I always kind of saw you as like a ladies man and kind of like had it together on that front and I feel like I relate in this well we're from the same household where it's kind of broken and I feel like most of what I do now I'm always thinking like this is for my wife when I don't know I'm like fighting with lust or if I'm I don't know respecting women I get I don't know if like all these thoughts they have and habits I'm trying to build up I'm always like oh, this is going to be for my wife. But then I always feel like I'll fall short and I'll be like, okay, I'm not ready for, like I've never had a serious relationship with a girl or like dated anyone because I'm just like, oh, I'm just not ready yet. Did you feel like there were things that you had to overcome before you asked out Adriana or was it just that leap of faith that you mentioned? Or did you feel like you're at a point where you're like, okay, now I'm ready? Because I feel like a lot of guys might struggle with that where they don't think that they're ready. So would that be more of a leap of faith or did you build up some attitude about it or some habits to get into that relationship? It's definitely a combination of both. When I was in high school, I had a lot of relationships that I'm not proud of where I made lots of mistakes and I hurt the girls that I was involved with. And then also damaged my relationship with God, not in a way that couldn't be healed, but definitely in a way that took me further from him. And it was all through decisions that I, when I got to college, thankfully there was a, shift because of the people I was surrounded with in my mindset where I saw a bunch of guys who took their faith seriously and who did respect women 
and treated them like human beings instead of just objects for my satisfaction. And praise God for those guys because they kind of set me on the straight and narrow. And so the next year, uh, my sophomore year when I met Adrian, I recognized my feelings for her. And I also recognized that in the past, every time I'd felt affection for a girl, it always turned into lust or a self-centered thing, a pride thing, all this nonsense. I did not want that to happen again because I respected her as a sister in Christ. And she was God's child, just like I was. And so I was not in any place to objectify her, even if as just a crush that I dreamed of hypothetically dating or something like that. And so in the case with Adriana, I realized there's still some preparation I needed to be able to be mature enough to date her in a way that brought glory to God and honored her as a daughter. At the same time, after talking to her and getting on the same page and saying, hey, I'd like to take you on a date, I realized like, I will never be perfect. And so in that way, I did have to take a leap of faith. Because cursed, of course, there's still a fear of the future. Like what mistakes will I make that will inevitably hurt her? I don't necessarily have to cheat on her, but certainly there's gonna be some time where I slip up and I say something hurtful or I make a decision that is self-centered rather than honoring her. It's going to happen. But I trust that, once again, God is greater than any of my mistakes could ever be. And if, if it truly is his desire for me to be in a relationship with Adriana, then he's going to work it out. And if it's not his desire, then he's going to work that out too. So that was the leap of faith. But certainly leading up to that point where I got comfortable asking her out, I did feel the need to prepare in a way where I felt comfortable knowing I would always put God first in our relationship. That I would never idolize Adriana or my own selfish desires above God in my life. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I feel like that is definitely one of my struggles where I think I'll start dating a girl and then it might turn into something selfish. But it's definitely that attitude that she's a sister of Christ that will hopefully prevent you from even like enticing those thoughts. And then if they do come, you can just come straight to her and say, hey, this is what happened. Can you forgive me? So I think that that was a good thing to address. So you're getting married. You're graduating from college. That sounds like two pretty huge leaps. So now I'm just kind of wondering. You mentioned that you're a pastoral leadership major. And I want to kind of hear like what the plan is for that, if you have one. And kind of how, how you hope God might use you in that area of life. Considering everything, the habits that you've built up. I don't know, the trust in God that you've built up. And how you think that might impact your career and what you're kind of looking for in Michigan? I would say my whole thing with pastoral leadership has been a leap of faith. When I came into college, I was actually a journalism major. And even though I didn't really care that much about journalism, the career path just seemed obvious to me. Now, no one in my family, as far as I know, has worked in a church or was really involved with ministry outside of volunteering. And there's definitely no money to be had in ministry, usually. Usually the typical pastor is not making too much. So when it came time to consider switching my major, I was very fearful because I knew I was going into a territory I just never considered before and was more or less untreaded by people close to me. But eventually I realized, hey, if God is good and I trust God, then if I make a decision that is prayerful and faithful to him, then I can trust that even though my life not be, might not be perfect in a human sense, there will still be benefits that bring glory to God and ultimately benefit me in ways I couldn't possibly. So now when it comes to 
my plans for pastoral leadership, I honestly don't have any. Not because I wouldn't like to have plans. I'd love to have the next, you know, 60 years of my life planned out. That'd be amazing. But really it's because every time I've made plans in my life, an example would be coming into college as a journalism major, I quickly realized my plans pale in comparison to God's plans. And I don't know God's plans, but certainly if I'm walking in faith, I can trust that his plans will be enacted in my life. And I can either go along for the ride or I can disagree with God and think I know better. So when it comes to pastoral leadership, certainly I am looking for jobs. Um, right now, one job I have on my table isn't even a church job. It's to work at a homeless shelter. And maybe in the future I'll have gotten that job. Who knows? But that the fact that that job is not in a church and that I won't be a typical pastor or anything like that does not upset me. If anything, it excites me because once again, who knows what the future holds, but I can guarantee that whatever God has for me will be nothing I could possibly predict, but at the same time, much better than I ever could have hoped for. And that's exciting enough for me to be okay with not having perhaps the most detailed plan going into the future. Oh, dude, Nate, um, uh, you're killing it at life. I'm always looking up to you. I'm always being inspired by you. And the choices that you're making are just impactful to everyone around you even if you might not realize it you know people are just looking for answers and I don't know seeing people switch majors and that's always very scary and graduating that is terrifying and to hear someone doing it with you know maybe not the next 10 years planned I don't think anyone really has the next 10 years planned but just someone to move to a completely different state from where they were raised and to just kind of go into with nothing really is like really speaks volumes to that leap of faith that you're taking. And I think that's really inspiring. And a lot of people can uh, really take a, take away a lot from what you've just spoke about. So I think we're going to close out in prayer. Would you, would you like to close out in prayer for us? Or sh should I do it? Oh, okay. Whoa. It's your podcast. I think you should be the one to close out in prayer, but I just want to say thank you for having me on. And um, I look up to you too. Even though I'm your older brother, I appreciate your creativity and your kindness and your gentleness. And um, ask anyone who knew Ben 10 years ago. He is a completely different person. And it was one of the greatest joys of my life to get to see him come to Christ about a year ago. And nothing will top that for as long as I live, I think. Except maybe, you know, getting married and having kids. But it's up there. It's up there. Anyways, Ben, I love you. And uh, yeah, please close this in prayer. Aw, thanks, bro. I guess I'll just pray. Dear God, thank you for my brother. Thank you that we could gather here in my living room on this couch tonight and just kind of talk and, and reminisce about our lives and our futures and just our faith in you, God, and how loving and caring you are for us. And just thank you for Jesus and thank you for all your teachings and thank you for guiding our conversation and just leading it with your spirit. I just pray that we have a good rest of our night and that you have a good rest of your day if you're listening. And just thank you for everything that you've uh, just given to us and the abilities that you've provided with us and just the care and minds and wisdom that you've given us. And thank you for all these things. Amen. All right, that concludes episode two of the Leap of Faith podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. That is all. Goodbye.